Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. On today's episode, I feel like this is not just a conversation, but this is more than a conversation. This is what I feel a little bit of training and a deeper understanding of what it's like to work with parts and what exactly do we mean by parts. So Robin Shapiro is back with us. For those of you who don't know Robin Shapiro, she's a psychotherapist since 1981, and she's got expertise in EMDR, ego state, somatic, relational, attachment focused, and many other therapies. And she's amazing at synthesizing all those modalities together. I first heard of Robin when I attended in New York City a very large international trauma conference where there was many renowned speakers, and Robin was one of them. And I remember I was mesmerized when she was talking because she was talking in such a practical, easy to understand, easy to relate manner, and I loved what she was teaching. So I really wanted her to come on the podcast and share a little bit. So I've asked her to come on and talk about ego state therapy or ego state interventions based on her book. And I loved it. There's so much gems inside of this conversation. Uh, You might even enjoy listening to it a few times as I have. I really hope you find this episode helpful. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Nice to see you again, Monique. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, you were here. I reached out to you at the very beginning of COVID and you came on graciously providing some kind of support for us. We didn't, I don't think at that time we knew that it was going to be two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I invited you here to speak with us uh, because I was hoping that we could talk about ego states. You wrote a book. uh, I think it's called, is it called Easy? Ego state therapy? Easy ego state interventions. Interventions. And I really loved that book. I I thought that it was so, there was so much in it that was, I could relate to. And I thought it would, it would be great to have you on and talk to you about it. Uh, because the word ego states, at first, I didn't understand that it was parts work. I thought ego work, 
kind of. <laughs> so maybe we could start by you just explaining, like, what do you mean by ego states? Okay. Our brains are full of neural networks for everything we've learned. And ego state therapy is a way of differentiating or connecting these networks in our brain. I'm holding my head right now <laughs> in choiceful and hopefully helpful ways. Okay. And the important part of this work is to be really creative with it. Okay. So, I have, I am not dissociative, but I have an ego state that's a playful child that gets really, really silly. I have one that's a science nerd from about seven, eight, nine years old. And to this day, what bird is that? What kind of rock is this? Oh, you know, and that's an ego state. I have one, I'm a been married for 30 years. I have the um, romantic part of me doesn't come into psychotherapy, but you know, that's an <laughs> ego state, you know, and, you know, other ones, but I, I have conscious control over them. I mean, I'm not going to get too silly in certain work situations, unless I think it's going to help that client who's dissociated get back into the room by laughing with me. You know, um, I'm, I've got, I'm not going to get romantic to the wrong person in the wrong place. You know, I save that for that guy I'm married to, you know, so I have conscious control there are people, usually you had a lot of trauma or a whole lot of attachment breaches as kids who have ego states they're not in control of that come up and start running things. These people have dissociation. Everybody that we therapists work with who has personality disorder, those personality disorders, the, the kind of states they get into are different ego states. And if we work, even with PTSD, they've got the, hey, I'm okay. But when they think about the bad thing and they go into it, and the traumatized part, that's a separate ego state, but not necessarily taking over everything. But they try to avoid that. I don't want to think about that car accident. I, I, I don't want to go there because that's where the bad feelings are. So the kind of here and now part is like, nope, not going there. You know, personality disorders. You've got, let's say, with your borderline you've got the really needy kid part don't go away don't go on vacation i'll kill myself if you go on vacation then you'll have the angry part fuck you you're going on vacation you never cared about me anyway and then you have the collapse part you're going away there's nothing you can can do you obviously don't care 
I may as well kill myself. These are all parts of them that aren't the whole thing, not the one probably that goes to work, takes care of business, drives, all that, but these are parts. And then you've got your people with horrible dissociation where the parts take over and they don't remember. They get into one and time passes. They do what we call losing time. And they don't even know that this other part was there. First DID client I had almost 40 years ago, we, I was just doing an intake and asking her about things. You know, did you ever have any of this harmful stuff? And all of a sudden, this 37-year-old person said, who are you? Where is this? And um, I introduced myself. I told her kind of what was going on. I'm kind of like a doctor. What's a therapist? I'm kind of like a doctor, but I never give shots. You know, and I'm keeping my hands off me. And then because I had a background in hypnotherapy, I knew to say after I talked to her for a while, got her age four years old and whatever, I said, at the count of four, you and I are going to snap together. And the grown-up person who came into my office 40 minutes ago is going to be back. One, two, three. And she came back and was a little bit weird. And then I asked her, well, how was that for you? What are you talking about? And I told her what happened. No, that didn't happen. I said, look at the clock. Oh, my God. How did that happen? So she okay. wasn't so she wasn't even aware that she had DID. No. Wow. And um turned out she'd been ritually abused, all kinds of other stuff. Mm. I worked with her a lot of years. Mm. And I in the meantime read a lot of books, took a lot of workshops and got really good consultation. Mm. You know. Yeah. So how is that? So you're, you were just telling us before you started with her that it's different. Ego states are different than DID. No, DID is what she had. Right. And how is it? DID. Mm -hmm. In DID, the ego states, some of them don't know each other and they lose time. And there are usually more than one of what Kathy Steele calls the apparently normal parts that run things. So they might have one or two or three kind of grown-up parts mm-hmm. that take care of business, but they're really more separate parts than my separate grown-up parts, you know? And then they have these kid parts, and when they take over, they may have no memory between them. This first client I talking about who has given me permission to talk about her because she said she wants her life to mean something and mm-hmm. to help other people. So I'm not giving her name or anything, but I, I have permission. Um, when she was a kid, 
She had all these different parts. In school, one of them knew math and one of them took like the more the reading classes. So if there was a math issue, how long was the Hundred Year War in history class? She wouldn't be able to answer that question because it was another part of her taking the test. It was the history kid, not the math kid. So, wow, you know that kind of what they call amnesia mm-hmm. is part of how you find what DID that this is DID, that there is some amnesia. Some parts may know each other and be like friends and work together in the beginning, but some won't. So what about those people who, let's say, are not DID, but have have parts that show up, say a young young child or someone, you get triggered and you know it feels younger. Um, How does amnesia, how does that kind of play into this or does it well they don't necessarily have amnesia they they can remember when that is so like if you're working with a couple and you will see one of them starting to yell at each other and it doesn't sound totally grown up and the other one completely turning into a little kid getting yelled at and Mm -hmm. i'll stop them hey no no yelling let's stop and i'll say to the yeller So right now, how old do you feel? Hmm. Oh, I'm a teenager. And who are you yelling at? I'm yelling at my bossy mom who always wants me to clean my room and do the dishes. Okay. So does that woman over there look like your mom? (laughs) No, she's female, but she's not my mom. She still wants you to clean the room and pick up your clothes? Yeah. Okay. What does your adult think about that? Oh, it's probably stuff I should do. Does your adult have anything to say to her about this? Sorry, I shouldn't sick my teenager on you. I'm going to try to stay grown up while we talk about this. Okay. And then I'll ask the other person. So when he was yelling at you, you looked kind of young. How old was that? Oh, I was a little kid and what was happening? My angry dad was yelling at me and he was about to beat me up like he did all the time. Okay. So does this guy beat you up? No. Does he look like your dad? No. So how old are you in real life? 37. Okay. But I still feeling that kid around. Yeah. Can you go pick up that kid right now? Let's pull her out of that state back then when she used to get beat up. Okay. How many years ago was the last time your dad laid a hand on you? You know, whatever. And how old are you now? So how many years it's been? Okay. Can you go back there, pick up that kiddo and bring her all the way, all the way up to here? Yeah. Right here, right now. Show her your big grown-up body she lives in. Show her this reasonably nice guy who does get pissed off, but is you said he never hit you. And the guy's going, no, never did. You know, he does yell sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Show her the difference between your dad and this guy. Also show her if this guy hit you, your grown-up body, would you be able to hit him back? Yeah. Where would you hit him? What do you think? Good. <laughs> That'll keep him backed off. The guy's going, yeah. You won't have to do that. <laughs> you know, I, they're laughing. And I say, you show that kiddo, you got a grown-up body, you're safe. And let me show you something you can do as an adult. If he ever yells at you again, you're married, he will probably yell at you again. Okay. You can do a timeout. I'm doing a T sign mm -hmm. with my hands. You can do a timeout. And you can tell that kiddo. Let's take, John Gottman says, a 20-minute break to calm down if we can't calm down right now to talk about it and get in both of our adults. Let's take a 20-minute break, find our adults, and come back here and talk. Okay? So that's one way you can use ego state work. It's very interesting. Uh, listening to you doing it with couples, very fascinating, because I, I'm just thinking as you're speaking, Robin, how couples that come in for, for therapy, often they're doing that, you know, the wife is triggering, the husband may be triggering their father or mother and vice versa. It's like, we're seeing yeah, our yeah. parents in front of us, but to be able to do that, the way you're describing it to me is fascinating in together. Did you have to do, you have to do a lot of educating them before? No, right there. Wow. Every client I've had gets the inner kid stuff. It's just, we're, we get it. We notice ourselves doing it, you know, just hear the ice cream truck going down the street in the summer. How old are you? <laughs> you, know? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I use it a lot with trauma. Mm -hmm. I'm trained in EMDR. I've been doing that for 28 years. It works great. But there are now about five different books about doing EMDR with ego state work, because when you start getting into more dissociated people, you've got to work with the parts in order to be able to do the EMDR with it. You know, so mm -hmm. we get to these. I'm not going to go into it, but which one is going to be right now? Yeah. And if the EMDR is going to work especially on really young, horrible trauma, I'm going to use ego state work, get the adult totally here into there. How old are you? Your feet reach all the way to the ground. That's a grown-up body. You know, what do you do for a living? You know, just really get them into their adult self. And you're a mom. How old are your kids? You know, great. You got this part of you. Let's bring that back. Let's go back to that kid who was sexually abused when you were three. I need you to send your adult back there. Pick up that kid. Tell that kid who you are. You're not going to hurt her. You're her grown-up self. And then bring that kid all the way up the years to right here and right now. Show that kid around. Show that kid your grown-up body, where you live, that nice house you live in, or if they're in my office, which I hope in about a 
month and a half, I'm going to have clients back in here. Mm. You know, look around. Is anybody going to you here? Were you ever in this room as a kid? Nope. Only in my 50s or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Show that kid that. Show them where you work, all that. Okay. And let that kid know they're safe with you. You're going to take care of them. Nobody lays a hand on you now without your consent, right? Okay. Now look back there and see if any part of that kid is left back in that state. And what's the feeling that's back there? Oh, man, it started out terrified. Now that kid is really mad. So go get that kid again. Knows who you are. You don't have to introduce yourself this time. Unless it's very DID. You know, mm-hmm. bring that kid up the years again. And so we may end up doing that three, four, five times until they say, that kid's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Nothing's left. And it may be a different feeling each time. First time terror and anger. Then the last time is often sad that it happened. And then maybe relief that it's over and they're completely up here. And instead of there being six kids from each time, there's still one left up here. Is it, are you ready to hug that kid in? Bring that kid right in. So this ego state work in therapy, it helps for understanding for the client and the therapist what the heck is going on, you know. If you're looking for trauma recovery coaching support, you can find out more about my offerings at www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. I'm wondering, Robin, about, um, because I know even for myself at one point, but a lot of people have where they're, they, they hate the younger part. They hate the child. So what happens if you say, go back and get them and they're like, they don't want to, or they're angry, or they feel like they don't have the capacity? Well, yeah, this is really a terror of these parts. Yeah. And I explained to the client, your nervous system has been trying to absolutely save you from all this trauma from the very time where this part came up what happened there was something really distressing a huge feeling you couldn't tolerate and the opiates in your system came up and knocked out the neural network of those feelings and brought another one up to function. If it was still really distressing, maybe that one would. And there might be three or four parts from that time holding different feelings, you know, or one that watched from the ceiling, one that felt, if it was like sex abuse, one that held the physical feelings, one that felt the fright about it one that just sort of spaced out, they might all be there. And 
your whole nervous system's job has been to keep that stuff away. Right. And that's why you have what we call a phobia of, of these parts of you, the phobia of these ego states inside. Right. In order to heal, we've got to get you to stop having that reflex of pushing them away. Right. And there's all kinds of ways we get over reflexes. One of them, I've had three times in the last year, people have approached me with a sharp object to jab into my arm, and I've smiled every time it happened. When I got my shots to not get COVID, okay, every time it's been like, yes. Normally, if somebody came after me with a sharp object, I'd punch them and run, but not those nurses, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, people who put lenses in their eyes, they stop the blink reflex. So what I'm going to do is ask you to see that reflex for what it is, the phobia of those parts so that we can heal this trauma. Are you willing to pretend that you can put up with this part so that we can heal it? And if they can't, we're going to find, we're going to come up with like a made up healing place and we're going to put the best caregiver in the world. It might be an angel, it might be Mary Poppins, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers, one of those beings. Sometimes if it's a, um, a really needy kind of client with all kinds of needy kid parts, they might say, no, I want it to be you. I want it to be you. And I'll say, well, better than me, it's going to be my clone who doesn't have any other clients does not have a life outside of being with you and does not eat, need to eat, sleep, or go to the bathroom. So it's around 24-7. So we're going to put, and unlike me, never makes a mistake. <laughs> and so we will put this clone in with this part of you. And, it, and this clone or this angel or Mr. Rogers will take care of this kiddo. Every need will be responded to, unlike your rotten childhood. Total, utter protection at every moment. Connection, support. And what's even better for healing is that every minute out here in the world where you and I live is going to be an hour in there. So next session, next week, that kid is going to have months of care. That kid part or those kid parts or whatever. They each get their own Mr. Rogers, their own angel, their own clone, those different parts. Mm 
and we will, and it's an absolutely safe healing place, you know, and with all the good kid food, those kids want to eat too. Yeah. And then I, and you also said no calories. I heard you say that in the, there's no calories in the healing, in the healing place. Do you, do you find that people like that? How do they respond to this imaginary healing place? Some people come back and I have them, okay, check in with that kiddo now. She's so much better. She's not scared anymore. Can you go in there and talk to her? Yeah, I can tolerate this now. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, you were talking about that in your book about um, part of it is also creating safe safer healing places that your young parts can go to, as well as internal caregivers, imaginary. Yeah. But for a lot of people, especially who are not particularly BID or a lot of people can take care of those kid parts. Mm. It's in my book and I talk about it. There's a woman named April Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E who does imaginal nurturing where she sends most of her clients back to deal with their baby self on the day they were born Mm -hmm. to pick that kid up in that neonatal ward and let that kid know, I love you. You're perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for you the rest of your life, you know? And then she does it a few years later on, was the thing where the kid goes, gets to go play and then come back and still be held and go play and Mm. still be in contact. That really builds up the sense that you can be who you are and you're not going to lose everybody. Mm. No, because they're still there. Object constancy is what she's building. And it's, gorgeous she has a wonderful class on her website that you can you can buy and download and a wonderful book with all these scripts of talking to the kids in it it's called imaginal nurturing oh wow it's lovely well my question too that comes to my mind is because i know when we sometimes uh start introducing parts do you a parts work do you start to build up or look at or help the client see what's already going on for them in the, in their adult self, like the resourced part that you Absolutely. I always start with, as I said, during the, that trauma work, that you get the adult. So how long you own that house? You know, they own a house and If they don't have a very functional adult, I might ask them for something like, when is a time that you took, you helped somebody else, you took care of somebody else? Oh, my friend was sick and I did that. Okay, that was a grown-up part of you that did that. And did you drive over here today? No, I took the bus. I don't own a car. Well, was that your grown-up self that knew which bus to get in and bought you your bus card and all that. And it's like, yeah, okay. So that organized part of yours, you know, the one that makes dinner, 
good. We got you. The one that knows you're 37, you know, good. So we really get that and notice that grown-up body. Yeah. And then we'll deal with the parts. But always start with the apparently normal part, that adult, that here and now taking care of business part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's even the most dysfunctional person functions enough to, I mean, if they're not locked up in a ward somewhere, you know, they've had to, you know, pay the rent. That's right. Yeah. Take care of business. You talk in your book about um, baby states. Um, So, I'm thinking about those, let's say, clients who had very early attachment trauma. How would ego states, like what kind of work would you do with? That April steel work. Okay. That April steel work. And then I do something else. If somebody like spent their first six weeks in the NICU in a glass box, mm-hmm. you know, the neonatal ICU, yeah. They've got a lot of trauma. You know, they've they didn't get held. They may not they may have been fed through a tube, you know. And you want to really have them go pick that kid up, connect with that kid, let that kid see it's now. You may have to do that 10, 20 times bringing that kid up to now. Mm-hmm. But thinking of the first day that their mom finally got to pick them up, mm. you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> if their mom was any good, you know, mm. but sometimes they're not. But to really do that, I do that April steel work. Absolutely. And um, I also, because I'm an EMDR person, I will do the work of Maureen Kitcher. I'll do EMDR on this, I'll say, you are not going to remember this. So don't worry about remembering it. But when you think about being an infant in that glass box, not able to touch somebody, maybe not being able to be fed through a bottle, you know, what do you notice in your body right now? Oh, really tight, really tight. Yeah. What emotion are you feeling right now with that really tight? Oh, kind of scared, kind of mad. Yeah. How big is it? Zero to 10. And then EMDR with that, fast EMDR with that. And then clearing that and then going for other things around then. And that's been amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. So a question I had was, um, for for some of the developmental trauma, would ego states therapy be enough, uh, or do you think no? You you need to add maybe EMDR, or or do you think that that could be sufficient when you go back and you um, heal that inner child? Oftentimes, it's really helpful. You have to know what you're doing, and this forty five minutes I've given some of my best things, but you need more. You need to take my two-day class that talks about ego states, that talks about working with all the different levels, 
you know, or there's other people who teach wonderful ego state classes, Kathy Steele, Dolores mm -hmm. Mascara. Yeah. You know. The classes that you're talking about, though, they're more geared towards professionals that are working with trauma as opposed to, let's say, just someone who is healing from trauma, a client. Oh, yeah. So if you're talking to people who are clients, sometimes ego state work can be fix absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. But the problem with a whole lot of therapists is they might know one kind of therapy and they're only seeing you through one. I lens. agree. I agree. And if you have a client, a, a therapist who only has a hammer and thinks you are always a nail when sometimes you are a screw or sometimes you're a different kind of fastener, you need somebody who can see you through whatever. If you're not getting well and you're getting all this great ego state therapy, then it, you need maybe EMDR, maybe somatic work. Yep. I mix all of those three oh. things up all the time. And I don't need new clients. Do not call me for therapy. <laughs> I'm doing more training and consultation to therapists than I am clients. And I'm only working with clients that I have seen before. Yeah. I'm old and I don't have many spaces. So, okay. Just so you know, but look for people who have more than one lens through which to see you. Oh, I agree. And I am going to say something that will piss some people off, especially if the only lenses they have are either cognitive therapy or if you've got a lot of New Yorkers, if they only do analysis, if they're analysts, because these therapies only work up here. Mm -hmm. And you we need you need therapies that are gonna work. I just touched my head when I said up here. Yeah. As if you can see me. Um, you need people who can work with things that go into the whole body because it ain't just your brain nope. it's your whole nervous system and a lot of your organs too you know yeah. so I'm glad you agree Monique oh I, I totally do and you know from my own experience I of healing because I have developmental trauma myself um yeah that there was a time where I did some deep deep work in um sensory motor psychotherapy and I was yes. able I was able to clear patterns that I was stuck in for decades that the cognitive work just wouldn't, it can't touch that because it's patterning. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and now I'm on to other stuff and parts work and yeah. So I believe in, you know, whatever will help and as much. Exactly. As, yeah. That's how I feel. My motto is whatever works for the client who's in front of me and whatever works for them today, because something that worked on one problem for them may not work on another. Mm -hmm. This is straight EMDR. They had a car accident two weeks ago and they have PTSD. We cleared it. It's done. Mm -hmm. But if we're working with the developmental trauma, we need to go handle those kid parts. Yes. Yeah. And let them feel that they're, here and now and safe and lovable. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And that's why I love parts work because 
that's what's popping up all the time. And that's why I brought up when I asked you about amnesia. I, I didn't mean it in the sense before when we started about um, like DID. I was talking about how with developmental trauma, some of our parts, because they, you know, we had to go to school, we had to, you know, continue living. Right. You push that stuff away so that we can function. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's been amazing. You start working with somebody, they start feeling safe and the memories start showing up. And this is where the false memory jerks will say the therapist is putting those memories into the clients. No, I had no idea. I wasn't suggesting anything. I was just saying, so you, you're looking distressed right now. Where are you feeling that in your body? Oh, right here. Do you know what that's about? Oh, oh shit. This is about this thing that happened, you know? Yeah. Because they had pushed away the feelings, yeah. the sensations, so on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with everything so that they could function. Their nervous right. systems pushed them away yeah. and they developed this other part that functioned. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's Absolutely. two people, there's two people that I know from extreme trauma like that. And um, before some of their memories returned, they actually said, I, I had a good childhood. My family was the perfect family only to realize it was just the opposite as the memory started coming through. And that was, a, I think, a defense so that they could live. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes what's interesting is the ones who live in the trauma state all the time. You clear a bunch of that trauma and they say, you know, my parents were assholes, but there were some good things. Mm. Because then they can start remembering the good things. It's really interesting. It's like, which part are you dealing with? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I love this conversation. Um, and I would have probably loved to talk forever. No, not forever, but for a long time. Cause there's, I just, I just love the idea. And really Robin, it's because of the fact that in childhood, especially with developmental trauma, we didn't, we didn't get to deal with the, the pain, the trauma, the healing, the, the repair is what I'm saying. And I love that now in the it's present. Not too late. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah. It's not too late. So I'm going to do some advertising now. Go ahead. Okay. For therapists, I do a two-day and sometimes three-day with lots of practices and stuff. Ego state, easy ego state training. And I'm doing, there's one up now in a month, and there's several more that will be coming in the next year. Some of them will be online. Some of them will actually be in person. Okay. So those are there. There's um, that training is also recorded. And if you go to emdrsolutions.com, you can find that recorded one. There is also a one day training recorded on um, working with people who had childhood sexual abuse, including how to get them into a good 
sex life now. And there is a free half hour recording on working with people who have a multiple chemical sensitivities. The same thing works with chronic pain, a lot of chronic pain. And people are finding out that it's working with long COVID for a lot of folks. Mm. They get their taste back the first day that you start doing it. They, they get their breathing back. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a doctor, but a lot of that stuff becomes neurological after starting out physiological. It's amazing. So that is free. Great. And that's a half an hour. Okay. And so that's it. I am not taking new clients. Sometimes I have space for new consultees. And I do have an open consultation group where you might get 10 minutes. That's a monthly Friday afternoon group. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll put all the information in the show notes and I want to thank you so much for spending time with us, Robin. I'll also put the link to your book as well. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. You take good care. Great. See All you right. later. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Bye. If you're looking for trauma recovery coaching support, you can find out more about my offerings at www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com.